0: Hey what's up everybody, it's me Daniel D with A Ghost in the Machine, the podcast. And we're going to talk about this uh, episode, the viral video of the young woman, recent college grad, reasonably attractive, kind of cute, you know, crying though about life too hard, you know, working nine to five and all that that entails, having a commute and not enough time for things that she wants to do in life. Um uh, so it's interesting the video itself, the conversation that the video has sparked, you know, the the reactions to it uh online have been interesting. And uh so yeah, we'll talk about that and uh it's interesting as a point of contrast today young women, you know, have work nine to five and they make videos on I guess TikTok or whatever or uh Instagram crying about it uh, back in the eighties. It was a very happy thing for women to be working 9 to 5. In fact, uh, there was uh, one woman who made a song with uh, her fellow female co-workers, apparently, you know, then you know, working 9 to 5. What a way to make a living. Work 9 to 5. So, was, you know, back then, women were happy to be on the job working 9 to 5. They would, like, regularly break into song, you know, choreograph dance routines, things like that. They would, like, really smile big and yeah i mean it's just times have changed okay so you know this isn't the 80s anymore uh now it's a different generation so anyway before i get to it uh i don't know if i mentioned this already this is episode number 27 of this podcast wow so many great episodes that you can listen to this is number 27 and i'm gonna release this uh wednesday november 1st 2023 all saints day it is halloween right now as i record this woo, spooky um uh, i'm in my costume i dressed up this year as a jehovah's witness who doesn't celebrate halloween that's my disguise every year But anyway all right all right but getting serious for a minute let's uh listen to this young woman explain the hardships of working nine to five in 2023 as you can hear her voice she's a little bit less enthusiastic about it than Dolly Parton was back in the 80s so take it away anonymous uh, young woman I know I'm probably just
1: being so dramatic and annoying but this is my first job like my first nine to five job after college and I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me fucking forever to get there there's no way I'm gonna be able to afford living in the city right now so that's off the table like fucking duh! If I was able to walk to work, it'd be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me, like, I leave here, at, like, I get on the train at 7.30, and I don't get home till, like, 6.15 earliest, and then, like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't, I want to shower, eat my dinner, and go to sleep. I don't have time or energy to cook my dinner, either. Like, I don't have energy to work out, like, that's out the window. Like, I'm so upset! nothing to do with my job at all but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy. Being in the office nine to five, like if it was remote you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine. But like I'm not home it takes me long to get home and like like people that drive to the office like it doesn't you don't get off at five and I know it could be worse. I know I could be working longer but like I literally get off it's pitch black. Like I don't have energy. How do you have friends? Like how do you have time to like meet like a guy, I don't know, like, how do you have time for, like, dating? Like, I don't have time for anything, and I'm, like, so stressed out, and I'm also getting my period, so that's why I'm all emotional, but, like, am I so dramatic? It's fine.
0: So there you have it, a uh, young woman crying about working 9 to 5, and I'll point out, post a link to, uh, or maybe even find a way to embed the video in the show notes, if, or at least if you go on Substack, uh... If you're listening to this on a podcast app or streaming platform, uh, I'll put a link and all that, you know, maybe embed the video of the young woman. And then for a point of contrast to see how things have changed, I'll also post a video of the young woman in the 1980s singing about working from nine to five. What a way to make a living. Anyway, so you can just see how things have changed, you know, different generation. Um, but yeah, you know, looking at this, the video itself, And then the conversation about the video, the discussion, you know, or comments or whatever, reactions people have, it's interesting. Some people take the point of view, what the fuck is this shit, man? Young whippersnappers don't know how to work. Back when I was uh, young... Lad, I'll work in the coal mines And I had to walk uphill both ways to get there And they didn't give us food or water Or even oxygen in the coal mines We just down there all day 25 hours a day Slaving away in the coal mines You young punks don't know how good you got it What you crying about? You know, there's that reaction Uh, Which, you know, is is understandable And I think she gets away with more and I'm not complaining about this. This is like just the way it is. She gets away with more as a young woman, or more sympathy. one. She's reasonably attractive. She's young. She's nubile and peak childbearing years, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, she gets less condemnation than, uh, yeah, obviously a a young man would. A, a man who did, <laughs> was out there uh, crying about, oh, I can't believe in man. I'm working nine to five. And be like, dude, just what the f- out of, yeah, he'd be—he'd probably be getting suicide tips, you know. <laughs> if it was for me, was crying like that. It'd be like, you, you need to take the dick out of your ass and just suck it up and get to work, right? But yeah, that's a, that's a difference, you know. And that's one of the kind of goes to one of the issues here, uh, which some people point out, you know, it, it, pushing back on the people who are like, "Well, this young generation just doesn't know how to work. They need to work." Well, you know, you look at most times and places where human beings have been around and the types of lives that they've lived, social arrangements that they've had. And in those times and places, chances are young woman, you know, attractive, peak childbearing years is not going to be going to some office, you know, to work with you know, kind of anonymous strangers, people she barely knows, just, you know, manipulating symbols on a keyboard, you know, on a computer monitor. Uh, and that's it, right? Like, you, chances are it's going to be something involving children, something involving, you know, not to say that that's all that women do in traditional societies. I don't know, like if you have a farm, a family farm or, you know, certainly if you're a hunter-gatherer, there's additional work to be done, but, even if you do that, right? You're going to be doing it with other women. You're going to be uh, people that you've known your whole life to, um, you know, in a more traditional society, right? So it's like in our way of life today, we're kind of alienated from our human nature. Um, so anyway, there's, there's the angle of the, the gender roles, which, you know, of course, as we all know, I mean, feminism is kind of based on the whole... The only way feminism in the modern sense of like the, the hardcore, like there's no differences, just social construct, you know, the difference between gender. And you know, it's obviously bunk, uh, except that you can have a immortal soul, you know, that is really like a belongs to another gender, but it doesn't match the physical body that you have. But aside from that, you know, gender is a social construct and you just kind of define your own way. And there's, no difference between male and female, right, obviously that's total bullshit, and, uh, yeah, so it, it makes sense that, people would have a different reaction, to a young woman, saying these things on a video, than a, than a young man, right, like a young man would, uh, not get the pushback, or like, hey, you know, <laughs> get a, like, what, what kind of fucking antidepressants are you on, dude, I, I knew there was estrogen in the water, but come on, man, um, right, but, yeah, you know, it's it's worth asking. Okay, so why was she crying? What was going on in in that video? Is it because she's uh, you know her work is so hard and so demanding, and she's just so exhausted at the end of every day because it just takes so much out of her? Well, maybe in a in a in a psychological spiritual sense, yeah, it's probably draining in that these are like soulless occupations. You know, David Graber. Uh, the late great David Graeber, anarchist sociologist. Uh, anyway, he uh, had a book called "Bullshit Jobs." Uh, before that, he had an essay that on "Bullshit Jobs," a theory. Uh, and anyway, you can also find different podcasts that he was on where he talks about his theory about bullshit jobs. Uh, where basically it's like work that the people that do the job wonder why does this job even exist? You know, it doesn't seem like it contributes anything of any real value to the world. doesn't really make anybody's lives better. doesn't add any value to the, you know, to anybody's life. Right. Uh, there's a lot of that in our society where, you know, the type of work that you do, it's, it's hard to really tie it to some real world, tangible good that you can point to and be like this. Um, uh, the world is better that because this occupation exists because people like me do this job or do this work. Um, but anyway, so yeah, maybe, maybe it's exhausting in that sense because spiritually it's like going to one of these unnatural uh, workplaces doing a, a work that really doesn't need to be done. It's just like as meaningful as just digging a hole and then filling it back up and then digging it and then filling it back up or, or Sisyphus, you know, whatever, rolling a stone up a hill and then it rolls right back down and then it rolls it right back up, right? Um, yeah, maybe there's... But but it's just in terms of the, the work itself, obviously, right? She's probably an air-conditioned environment, sitting in a nice, comfortable chair at a desk, protected from the elements, you know, air-conditioned, workspace right i mean you know obviously they're a lot more demanding physically demanding uh type of work that you'd be doing so but i don't think it's that well you know uh is it the long hours well even though she's saying like eight hours plus a commute you know she's crying about the amount of time i don't think it's the length of time because if you have the type of if you're doing work that is meaningful to you that's in that's engages you you know, that your work is somehow some a form of self-expression, you know, you as a person. It's like you take pride in the work that you do and in, and in a job well done. You know, eight hours is not really that long. I mean, no, it's longer apparently than people worked in uh, medieval Europe as peasants, apparently, you know, over the course of a year. Now, I think during harvest season, for example, they'd be working a lot longer hours. You know, have a crazy work week, but during the winter, when there's really nothing to do, you're just kind of sitting around, right? So, over the course of a year, a medieval peasant worked less. Hunter gatherers worked less than 40 hours a week hunting and gathering. So, not in absolute terms, it's the number of hours, you know, the long work week. I mean, more so, if it's, it sounds like she's got the type of job where maybe it's a bullshit job, maybe. Sitting at work and uh, looking at the clock, saying, "Oh my gosh, I got three more hours," you know, or whatever, right? Like you're tied to a clock and looking at it, like when can I get the fuck out of here? You know, uh, and actually live life instead of doing this bullshit, make work uh, type of stuff, pretending to care. You know, it, it's well. One of the things that I was gonna, when I saw this video, I was reminded of the movie Office Space. Um, You know, Mike Judge, great movie. Uh, Back in the 80s, young women would work 9 to 5 and sing happy songs about it. Uh, In the 90s, men would work 9 to 5 and make movies based on their experiences, like Office Space. Where it's like, uh, you, you know, if you haven't seen that movie, you're missing out. You need to watch the movie ASAP. The bottom line is, you know, it's not the number of hours that she's working. It's probably just the fact that there's nothing meaningful going on in those hours. And that really brings me to the main thing. What, What it is, I'm guessing, you know, if she was to, you know, explore these feelings that she's having about her work and about her life and dig deeper, you know, probably come up against this sort of existential questions, which if you work a bullshit office job... You probably will have. We may have that in a lot of different jobs. Um, I brought up office space actually, though. I was going to say because there's that uh, uh, one of the parts of the movie takes place in this restaurant where you know there's this waitress that the uh, young office worker is uh, you know trying to hit on, and one of her coworkers uh, in this restaurant is, I guess, based on one of these like type of Chili's or Applebee's type places. You know, they're encouraged to wear flair to express themselves, right? And it's like he's got this one coworker who's like really all over the top, cheerful, and wears all this flair on his, you know, uniform. It's like, you know, where it's kind of fake. It's it's like he's not, I don't know, maybe he is a happy person, but there's like this ideal in corporate America or in just any type of work, especially like service industry jobs where it's like you – it's not enough to just come in and do the work. You got to like – Pretend to find meaning in it, like you know, passionate about this work. I'm passionate about, uh, you know, building value for all these sort of abstract buzzwords, right? But somehow you're passionate about. It. I'm passionate about building value and maximizing scale for, you know, in an industry that's blah blah. Creating a space for this and that, and it's like, give me a fucking break. You know, if you're passionate about that, and that's really what you're passionate about, you're a fucking lunatic. And uh, you're probably not a hu- real human being. You're probably either an NPC without a soul, uh, a.k.a. a hillock under the Gnostic uh, world view, or you're whatever. I don't know something wrong with you. You're not a real human being. Uh, <laughs> but there's this there's this pressure though to like to 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 pretend to pretend that this is just the greatest thing ever. That that is something that actually is very d- difficult from a like, spiritual psychological point of view. It's like, it's already you're you're engaged in a lifestyle, uh, a significant part of your day and week spent doing things that most human beings in most times and places that humans have existed have not done. It's not the environment that we evolved in or were designed for by God, whoever you want to blame for it, God or evolution. Uh, it's not natural for us to work in these types of environments. But then on top of that, you got to pretend that like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm like, just so happy. I'm so passionate about this company and I'm so passionate about, you know, the, the vision statement that we have and, you know, all that, right? Um, but there's that, – that paper's over and, and like it's absurd, but it papers over this whole lack of meaning at the end of the day. It's like this existential vacuum and uh, hence why they go to such lengths sometimes in some of these places to pretend that it is meaningful, you know, and we're so happy to be doing it, you know, um, but I think that's what, what it is for us, like, uh, going back to Dr. Victor Frankl, Frankel, Frankel, Man's Search for Meaning, one of the best books ever written, you know, and he identifies that as like, you know, you can have your, your hierarchy of needs and make it a pyramid, it's like, well, the base of the pyramid is food, and then there's water, and then there's, or maybe it's the other way around because I guess you can live longer without water or without food. I'm sorry. You live longer without food than you can without water. Um, so I guess there's water at the bottom. If you got enough water to drink or you, <laughs> then there's food then there's sleep then there's sex and there's whatever, right? Drugs, rock and roll. All the other stuff in this pyramid. And then finally at the very top there's this little tiny thing that's like meaning. And you're like, oh, right, I've got all everything else taken care of. Now let me worry about meaning. And Victor Frankl is like, eh, it's full of shit. Well, he doesn't say that. I know it's my words not his. But, uh, you know, he, he's in a concentration camp, or was, and he wrote the book about his experiences as well as his theories and his psychiatry that he did. Logotherapy was his, I guess, his version of talk therapy, or I don't know. Um, anyway. He's like, no, that's that's bullshit. You know, you don't wait till you get all this other stuff to worry about meaning. It's like he, he, he was saying in a concentration camp, it's like the you know, the rubber really meets the road in terms of survival, right? You, you know, the, the harshest or most extreme circumstances. People were concerned about meaning. Not all of them, but some. And if people that had a sense of meaning, you know, some people that were able to suffer but their their suffering had meaning because they, they had some meaning in their lives. You know, it made all the difference to the world, right? So he's, he, he quoted Nietzsche a lot in there. He who has a why can bear with any how. And I think the inverse of that is true. I think this inverse is the term for it. Uh, he who has no why finds any how intolerable, you know, basically. Right? Like if, if he, I think it's true that he who has a why can bear with any how, right? Well, if you don't have a why, then... You know, even even a howl that's not that difficult. Is going to seem insurmountable, right? Like you, you can over if you have a real meaning for what why you're doing what you're doing. You know, it's meaningful to you. Like you have a purpose. You see a purpose in what you're doing. You can sacrifice. You can overcome. You can fight. You can dig yourself out of a hole. You can fight, uh, you know, an impossible battle, right? You know, even feel like you're going possibly on a suicide mission in a military context. If you feel like what you're doing is meaningful, or you have some purpose, even if it's just, uh, in the case of a military campaign, you know, maybe it's not even the 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 war, the big picture, what it is the wars being fought. Maybe you don't even believe in that, but the people in your squad that you know, to your right, left, you know, that's what's meaningful to you is is you know having each other's back and making sure that you all get back you know whatever right like as long as you have something that that you're that is it's not just going through the motions you have there's a a real sense of meaning or purpose something um you know and, and so I would say well she's probably lacking that and a lot of us in today's world probably are lacking that um that sense of purpose I mean some of the other thing that you know she talks about not having time to see her friends in the video that's probably something also uh, modern life is atomizing um, you know isolating the the older you get and it's just something I think men probably experience maybe more than women because women are better at this than men are but women still I've I've heard women talk about this that it's harder the older you get the harder it is to make new friends and make new friends that are meaningful not just like people that you are acquainted with and you'll say hi to and talk to a little bit or even have some interesting conversations with but people that you really are like kindred spirit that you feel like you know you if you're in a, a tough situation they'll be there for you and vice versa right like somebody that you know you can count on uh, and they can they count on you and uh, you know this was sort of a reciprocal thing like those are it seems like harder to form the older you get in our way of life uh, is not very conducive to that you know um, for, for a variety of reasons and you can look at society uh, but just you know the way we live move around a lot there's there's fewer attachments that people are encouraged to have especially if you're white uh you know male not encouraged to take pride in or feel any attachment to you know your kin or the soil or you know the the land that you or whatever your country you know it's more kind of just these abstract notions of justice and equality and it's like, well that's all fine and good, but when there's nothing concrete to tie that to, you know, uh, it's kinda hollow, right? Um that's a big part of our, our modern life, you know, it's like uh people move around a lot. I don't know is it from listening to the video it sounds like she grew up or I'm sorry, that she's living now in probably a big city where she's taking the train to work. Uh she can't afford to live in the city, so she lives in the outlying areas and so she probably lives around people that she doesn't really know that well, works with people she may not know all that well. Um, Right? So it's like that's probably part of it too, the isolating, you know, aspect of it. Uh, The types of things that, again, if you imagine most people in most times and places that people have been around uh, probably live around, you know, in in a more high-trust community where people know each other or you got roots that you put down and you've got these deep bonds meaningful bonds with people uh, you know contrast that to the modern world I don't think we're really meant to live this way right so there's there's that uh you know there's the materialist kind of uh world view I mean it's a spiritual vacuum you know and that's one of the things that kind of kept things going for as long as it did um uh, you know, it was this idea that well, it sucks now, but you got this to look forward to. You're you're saving for retirement. You're gonna have this better future. You're gonna own a home. You're gonna you know, you're gonna be able to afford the thing. Like you know, in a in a more traditional society, you didn't have you wouldn't have daycare. You'd have your auntie or your cousin or your little sister or whoever watching your kids, and then you'd watch their kids. Um, you know, now it's like you need daycare. You're people get old. It's like uh, multiple generations would used to live under one roof or in one area where people would, you know, care for their elders. And it's like now we don't do that. We got a specialist we hire to do that. That's a free market version, and it's great if you can afford it. But if you can't, and people are kind of reaching that point where it's like the free market dream. You know, we we, we the the free market or crony capitalist version replaced the traditional free version free as in didn't cost money but it it costs you your time and and commitments right because it was like all these people around you you got to help them out they got to help you out you're all kind of pitching in at different points of times like helping each other out right like grandma gets old there's not a nursing home you all got to care for grandma right until you know people of course wouldn't have lived as long in those type of societies either but uh, you know same thing with kids it's like you know there's no daycare there's no specialist that you just hire to like that's your job It's just taking care of other people's kids for so many hours a day. It's like you know everybody's taking care of the kids or at least the women right um, so anyway, back to what I was saying it's like you know you have this uh situation where the the free market or the crony capitalist version of that provides these services which take the place of what people used to do for each other. Um, And that works as long as you can afford it, as long as the pie is getting bigger and each generation is like, you know, having access to, you know, greater resources in kind of absolute terms, uh, adjusted for inflation than the generation before them. They're able to afford these things, you know, but then when that doesn't work anymore, and you're kind of like, all right, we don't have the benefit of the old way in that we don't have these high trust communities where everybody knows everybody and you're invested in each other's lives and in your immediate local community thriving and doing well, because these are people that you know and care about. These are your kith and kin, right? Or this is the land that you and your family have been on for generations. It's like, this is just a suburban neighborhood or an urban neighborhood or whatever, where you live now, but you didn't grow up here, you don't really, you know, maybe your people, your network is kind of spread out across the country or even the world, right? It's like, so you don't have the benefit of the old system. You know, if you want to have kids, you need to hire somebody to take care of them while you work or, um, you know, at least when they're young, before they can go to the public schools and get indoctrinated with all the, you know, why you, your traditions are evil Why they suck and they should change their gender and cut off their genitals and whatever else in public schools. At least in some places. It sounds like I'm guessing she's in a blue area. Maybe New York, I don't know. Uh, Would teach. Right? Like, you don't have the benefit of the the old high trust societies. You got to pay for the new replacement, the sterile, soulless, you know, uh, free market business crony capitalist. You know, corporation to come in and do the job for a fee, but you can't afford that anymore. So now you're really like, well, there's really nothing I can't afford to have kids. You know, in her case, she's mid twenties, I'm guessing. You know, peak childbearing years, fertile, nubile, you know, attractive, right? But yet, whatever it is that her uh, her human nature would cohere with in terms of a life that is integrated and and coherent, you know, and and meaningful and all that, she she doesn't have that life, and, you know, it's kind of, this is just the result of it, it's like, so she's sad, she probably doesn't even really know why she's sad, that's why it sounds so kind of inane, you know, it's like, ah, I'm working nine to five, and I'm not, you know, miserable, and blah, 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 and she, she's, and I'm guessing that's why so she even kind of sounds out. It's some of what she says, like she's kind of second guessing herself. Like I, no, I shouldn't be. I don't know, I, you know, it's not that bad, or, or you know, other people that have it worse. Like that's the thing. It's like first world problems. Oh, it's just it's not that big a deal. I don't know why I'm sad. I don't know why I'm not happy. I should be happy with this, but yet there's this huge part of our human nature that's just ignored or. Or actively undermined By our way of life, right? So it's legitimate But She doesn't You know In some ways I've been Watching that I feel bad for her Because it's like I don't think she really knows why She's feeling the way that she's feeling Um, she, You know She has a, a she, she wants to talk to somebody about it But she doesn't seem to have anybody to talk to so She's like Making a video and Posting it online And getting random strangers To like comment on it And that's her way of Getting feedback and it's probably not the best feedback either, you know. And then lives a TikTok picks it up and it's like, oh, look at Gen Z, they're a bunch of pussies. Well, that's not what, because you know, lives a TikTok, they're religious, so they, they would use uh, a word like that. Say, Gen Z, they're a bunch of vaginas, a bunch of uh whatever, right? Like, kind of saying, you know, she just needs to, like, we're doomed. Like, this generation doesn't know how to work. And I don't think it's i mean maybe there's part of that you know but there's also something else going on it's like the lack of a why like people are like why are we living this way why are we working this way like it just at some point point. and here's here's the thought and this is i have no way of proving this i mean there's some evidence that's seems to suggest reincarnation may be a thing i don't know if it is or not uh obviously uh you know, part of the whole theory is that we, uh, we lose our memory of our past lives and, you know, so, I don't have any memories of any past lives. So I don't know, but a lot of cultures, you know, have, have had some belief in reincarnation. Uh, but I thought about this, like, you know, if, just say, for example, that reincarnation is a thing. And all these people from the World War II generation and now the baby boomer generation, um, uh, Dying at the end of the life, it's like you know, your promise is like, oh, you, you, you're golden years, right? This is your best life. You're, you're, and you go to this old folks' home and you're alone, you know, like even if you have family that come to visit, but they're not there all the time, they got to hire a specialist because they're busy working, right? This is not the type of society that we have today. They got to hire a specialist, some person you don't know, they're caring for you, and you're your brain is going you're getting dementia you're you're like what the hell's going on why am i in this hospital or facility you know or whatever i don't know who these people are uh i wonder at the end of people's lives like what they think as that's like that's it you know um it's because because people talk about nowadays there's this whole generation thing going on the boomers they get blamed for a lot um And like one essay, and it was a good essay, so I'm not knocking the essay, Yakubian Ape wrote about uh, Jimmy Buffett. And I'll put a link to this in the show notes too, about, um, you know, the boomer generation and Jimmy Buffett and the parrot heads that would follow him around. and Yeah, it was an interesting article. Uh, You know, but it's kind of talking about that, uh, you know, there's this theme in that about the boomers, well, and other people have have had essays or posts about this as well, where it's kind of like, you know, this generation that, you know, the, the, so much changed in our society. So much went to shit, you know, over the course of their lives. It, you know, they, they kind of get blamed for it. But I don't think it's them. I mean, it's like, honestly, the World War II generation, the so-called greatest generation, and they did a lot of great things, you know, in their lives. They paid their dues on the front end. Uh, but they also, you know, a lot of this stuff happened on their watch too. You know, I I don't think, you know, it's one of those things like people are just in some ways a product of their time. And in many ways, look at us today, like how much control do we have over the direction our civilization is taking? You know, most of us have very little and that's one of the subjects that comes up a lot in these online discussions is like, wow, how little, Say the average person has in their own government. I mean, most middle-class people or lower-class people, working-class people want X and X never happens. But yet the elite class, um, you know, or certain tribes within the elite class want something. And it's like, that's what the public conversation is about. You know, these sort of luxury beliefs. um, Right. So it's like, Just because it happened on the baby boomers watch, I don't think you can say it's it's like they planned it. Like the average baby boomer. Plus you had, you know, some baby boomers like went to Vietnam. Some were on college campuses protesting. So you kind of had a different, within the same generation. Um, But what I was saying though is back to the whole thought about reincarnation. You're a World War II generation. Right. So you grow up in this really traditional society. I mean, before World War II, most Americans lived in rural areas, small towns, uh, maybe not necessarily farms, but farming communities. It wasn't until after World War II that America became more urban than rural in terms of its population. Uh, So it's like, you know, growing up during the Depression or, you know, even before the Depression. You'd have grown up in a high-trust, traditional society. You go, you go to war. You come back. You go to college on the GI Bill, uh, and you get one of these new jobs in a, a corporation, working for the man for you know however long. Then you retire, and uh, you have this great life because you're at the peak of America's empire when you retire. You know the the, the wealth is rolling in, funding your retirement and uh you know things are great but then at the end of the day if you live long enough you wind up in one of these you know retirement centers assisted living facilities uh being cared for by more or less complete strangers you know i mean your your family would come to visit and it's not to knock them they're busy with their lives right it's like this is this is the world that they've been given they're making the best of it you know raising their families and working their jobs and but you know it's not like the old days you're not living at home so it's like you're, you're dying alone you know at the and so it's kind of that whole thing uh you know count no man happy until you know his end right it's like if that's your final time you know and then you come back you've been reincarnated yeah maybe that's I, I kind of wonder about some of these things sometimes like why there's this apathy today it almost does seem like there's a zeitgeist um, you know like a spirit of the age that is just sick of the bullshit because there's something that is weird to see like generationally people young adults today like there's definitely a vibe shift or something different in the, in the air the, the cultural atmosphere like and I've seen it in my lifetime, so I'm at the tail end of Generation X. Um, so when I, it was on its way out when I was, you know, a young adult. I mean, it wasn't all the way out, but there was. It wasn't like it was for the World War II generation, certainly. Um, but that idea of, you know, you just suck it up and you just, you know, do things like. Uh, because that's just what people do like there's less of that and now people are more prone to and I, I'm probably spiritualizing it sounds woo woo you know to bring a reincarnation and the possibility people come back <laughs> they're like fuck this shit you know I'm not putting in all uh, like it, so sometimes it's, it's weird consciously you will know something but on, on a gut visceral level you know you it's almost like you know that what Your conscious mind is telling you is bullshit. It's tough to articulate this, but maybe you've had a situation where you've been in. You'll you'll say the right things, or you'll even convince yourself if you think about it. But then deep down, you're kind of like, "Eh," you know, I'm not even talking to like a moral dilemma, but just something where you're like, this just doesn't feel, you know, uh, right. Like, or it could be, say, a relationship, um, you know, where some, you want to convince yourself that it's the right thing, and but deep down, you kind of like, oh, I don't know about this, you know, or your heart's not in it. I don't know. You know, there's... Anyway, I feel like there's something with that going on in the world today that people, even though they can't articulate why, what it is, but they're like, this thing is bullshit, you know? Like, okay, totally separate... Not talking about work now. Talking about the military. Um, you know, a lot of and this is, of course, coming after twenty years of G. Watt, and now the mask coming off of our government and the military-industrial complex a lot more over the last, you know, twenty odd years, to where people see, you know, how much like war is a racket. You know, um, we're now people who twenty five years ago would have fallen for and did fall for there's w m d s in Iraq Saddam Hussein is gonna like give a dirty bomb to you know some terrorist to blow up half of America. you know we gotta go in and regime change now we gotta invade right fell for it then and now people are like, uh, you know, don't want their kids to sign up, don't want you know like no, don't go die for this empire of lies, you know. Uh, there's just like this. I don't even know how to explain it, but zeitgeist is as good a word as any. Some spirit of the age where people are just like, "All right, this is bullshit." You know, <laughs> I'm not sacrificing for this thing. You know, they. So anyway, with all that in mind, I mean, let's go back to this young woman and thinking. I think she senses that. I think she senses that she's like something about like maybe you could. Phrase it or, or term it however you want. Social contract or just the way of life or whatever. It's like she senses it's bullshit. And she doesn't know why. She doesn't know why she feels this way. But she feels like this is not working out. Like I I can't imagine that sacrificing, uh, you know, for to identify with this, to invest myself in it, to really Buy into this uh, system or whatever it is, the the aims, the values, the you know, overarching goals. I can't imagine that any of this is going to be worth it. You know, so she's kind of like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, like that's what I think is really going on with, with her her. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. What, what do you think? you Listen to it. Uh, as I said, I put a link so you can watch the video instead of, you know, I played the audio earlier. Uh, but you can see it for yourself, young, you know, reasonably attractive uh, woman, peak childbearing years, which I think is important in terms of how why she might be feeling the way she's feeling, and also uh, the responses that people have to it. Um, you know, she's like crying about her life, uh, but really it's like kind of one of those things where she's aware without being able to articulate it without even knowing exactly what it is but aware on some level intuitively that it's just not right something doesn't add up this isn't the way humans are supposed to live I mean basically it's like you know go back to Office Space that movie you know there's a a couple scenes in there I think if you remember seeing the movie if you haven't seen it shame on you you need to watch it right away it's like a you know great moment in uh, America's culture so you know anyway where he says after uh which is a, is a humorous movie too so there's a lot of kind of absurdity in it but he goes to this hypnotist to who's supposed to uh or you know one of these is this hypnotist is going to help him uh so he puts him into this trance and while he's in this trance the hypnotist like has his heart attack and dies uh yeah so it's kind of gory but the guy has this moment of awakening and, and you know afterward he's he's talking to one of his his coworkers, and he's like you know we don't have a lot of time on this life you know when it, when I saw that man, that fat man keel over and die, I was like, you know, we're you know we're not meant to live our lives. And in this movie, TPS reports comes up a lot. Yeah, uh, you know, this sort of st- stands in for bureaucratic red tape paperwork, just needless paperwork, right? So he's like, we're not meant to like stare at you know computer screens, listening to three different bosses drone on about mission statements and TPS reports and whatever else, right? So he's like basically it's like this isn't what life is about and i don't know what life really is about in the movie and uh, i guess for me it's talking you know uh, i don't know what life is about necessarily but it's like it's not about this right you can see it and you're like whatever it is this isn't it now in the movie office space he doesn't really identify a good meaning of life maybe it's outside the scope of that movie um you know, this young woman is like one of those things. It's like it's a it's a kind of a journey when you don't have a culture that's helping you to find a, a meaning in life and develop a, a life that is meaningful. Not even necessarily in the big cosmic scheme of things, but just in terms of having meaningful relationships with people around you. You know, basic things like in our in our culture, it's stuff that. It's just been a part of human life like as long as humans have been around like it's it's just a core part of a human nature you know uh mar- strong thriving marriages, stable homes to raise children in you know good relationships, parents with children right uh you know strong uh, communities of, of people who you know have ties or bonds of you know kinship uh right. All type of things that people, that big part of our lives that are very absent from our culture, from our way of life today. Um, you know, so it's an, an, so anyway. If you're going to talk about what's the meaning of life, or, or or not what's the meaning of life, what would make a good society? It would be one that would do those things well. That would, at the very least, not get in the way of and disincentivize the formation of healthy, happy homes to raise children and things like that. that's just a basic level right like a society is one that even if it doesn't provide i'm not saying it should provide people with these things but at least you know incentivize the formation of you know help facilitate in some way or and at the very least not get in the way of and disincentivize it you know because it's like we need those things just as much as we need food water shelter right so anyway um yeah so that young woman uh hope god bless her because you know she's probably mid-20s and it's one of those things it's like as a man i benefited from i guess if there's male privilege it is this i didn't have the biological clock tying me down quite the same way that you know that a young woman would where you know you can kind of figure out oh wow society's got a lot of bullshit The the conventional wisdom is bullshit the things that things you've been told about you know life and what it means and How to live and what your goal should be. A lot of it is bullshit, and you got to kind of piece together a working philosophy of life, right? And that takes some real life experience, some trial and error. Some, you know, it's not an easy process, um, and it takes some time. And so, hopefully, she's able to arrive at a workable philosophy of life, you know, before her biological clock ticks all the way down. Because with women, women, it's shorter. I mean, um, so anyway, I guess if I had a point to somebody, I'm going to give a shout-out to Allie Drummond with, uh, you know, a.k.a. Real Fem Sapien with the uh, – she did have uh, – seasonal woman but I think she's changed it to Philosophy. So put a link to her sub stack because that's a good place for young women like this, uh, you know, young woman in this viral video to go to, to – you know kind of be told hey <laughs> you're there's these whatever this inarticulate sense that you have that this is bullshit well you should listen to that you know you're you're right you know society's really fucked and wrong and you know you're not wrong for feeling the way you're feeling you know lean into that and explore why and, but you know don't just end with the whole this is where our society has ended is like just a the critical theory you know well it's all bullshit so just there's anything except just living your truth but then your truth is like some crazy hodgepodge mix of Marxist nonsense you know no not that but you'll find some people that have gotten it right you know in the sense of had a meaningful life you know uh, throughout human history uh, what's worked and what hasn't what's yielded good results and some traditions and ways of life and you know, institutions and norms and all that have a better track record than others. So, anyway, uh, be based, I guess, in modern parlance. Anyway, well, well, let me know what you think in the comments. Uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast app or streaming platform, there's a link to the article or to, uh, I'm sorry, the, I guess the p- podcast post, whatever, on Substack, where you can comment, you can subscribe, if you haven't already done so, so that you get more of my stuff whenever I release a new episode. Uh, But anyway, thank you very much for listening. Hopefully, it was interesting, and again, let me know what you think. Do you, you know, wrong, right, full of shit? What are your suggestions? I don't know. It's a crazy world we live in. Uh, So anyway... It is, I'm going to release this, as I said, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. It's episode number 27. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Maybe uh, working from nine to five. What a way to make a living for young Gen Z women. I don't know. I'll come up with a tile put it on. But anyway, until next time, folks, hasta luego.